Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. So good to see you again. We're so excited to spend time with you in the presence of the Lord. What a privilege. We don't take it for granted. You're very precious. You're very special. You're part of the body of Christ, a living cell of his own organism. That's that's precious. Well, yeah, yeah, man. And boy, I I woke up 4:30 this morning, you know. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> Yeah, I tried to. So, uh I I I start, you know, thinking and preparing for for the service. And went and uh, sat on a chair and wrote some notes. Then I went back to sleep. But uh, before to close my eyes, another message was delivered. <laughs> you know, God, God, God has kind of a weird sense of humor sometimes, you know. So uh, I really believe God's going to bless you with something specific and special. And... Uh, we're living in a great season, in a great times, and uh, a great dispensation of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which was promised. And uh, as I said last night, I minister in the campus, and uh, be, be the cause, not the consequence. Yes. God has called us salt and, and light. And the reason... Of that is because coffee was not invented yet. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have called us the coffee of the world to wake up, to wake up the world for the reality of his glory and his presence. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jesus. Well, this morning I want to share something about um, how to become a giant killer, uh, how to qualify and become a giant killer. And uh, someone would say, uh, what, what we have to do with giants, you know, like we don't have giants anymore. That was an Old Testament thing. And ye- yes, we have. Yes, we have because, uh, let me tell you, when we go, uh, actually the promised land was, uh, you know, they had so many giants in the promised land. They had to overcome at one time. And as you know, the promised land is a great picture, not of heaven, but of our inheritance in Christ Jesus, which we need to overcome and possess today. And guess what? In this world, we're still facing giants. Not the physical ones like Goliath and and people like that, but uh, you can face a giant of sickness, a giant of fear, a giant of shame and low esteem, the giant of your past, you know, the burden of your past. All kind of things like that. And we, we need to overcome all these challenges and reign victoriously by faith in Christ Jesus. Amen? So uh, I, I want to teach you a lesson from the story of David, of course, because it is one of the most epic uh, battles and victories described in the Old Testament. So the first thing I want to start with I I definitely believe you don't expect that qualification, but, you know, God revealed something to me this morning. Okay, to become and qualify, to to become a giant killer and to qualify, first thing required, guess what? 
learn how to surf. <laughs> and someone would say, doesn't make sense. What is what service has to do all about with killing a giant? I will tell you what. Listen, when David, when David was sent by his father on the battlefield, it was not on a purpose to kill the giant. They didn't have Twitter. They didn't have Facebook. They didn't know what was going on and taking place for more than 40 days, you know. So his father sent him to, to visit his brothers and to bring back news and report, report amen? Plus to, to, to present some presents, you know, to, to the general of the army so he may have favor to his brothers. And it was just a package of cheese. So think about this, you know. Uh, David bringing cheese to his brothers. That was the main purpose he was sent on the battlefield. Now, yeah. So, my point of view is this. At that time, as you remember, David was already anointed and appointed to be the king of Israel. And my, my understanding is people... Uh, <laughs> It's so unusual. I mean, he was already anointed. He was already appointed. But he was still serving because he was the, the, the smallest one in the house, you know. And he was treated like, like nothing, you know, like the lowest. And, and, and he was used like a slave. He would tend the, 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 the sheep. He would do all kind of uh, things. And when his father sent him, you know, to, to bring cheese to his brothers, he didn't say, but father, wait a minute, you don't understand. I am a king. <laughs> you, you can't treat me like that. And maybe Jesse would say, you, you ain't a king to me, though. <laughs> but you see the attitude? He, he, he believed it. He received it. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord came from that moment of anointing, you know, and inauguration whatever it was upon him and remain on him and still still he was obedient and serving you know with the all uh, the, the the tasks of the household and things like that so what's what, what's the principle here what, what's the lesson i i asked the lord doesn't make sense to me serving and uh, killing a giant and he said listen if you don't learn and if you don't learn how to, 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 to serve your father, your master, your king, your boss, how you will learn to, to serve, you know, the purposes and the intentions of the heavenly God? We, we start with something small. We, we start with the natural things, but then you're well trained and you know how to obey and how to serve the heavenly God. Because Jesus is telling us in the New Testament a proverb which says that a father had two sons. And uh, he said to them, Who is, uh, who's going to visit the, the vineyard today and work on the vineyard? And one of them said, I will go and I will do the, and perform and do the job. And, and then the other, said, the other one said, I, I'm not interested. Then he said, the first one who said, I will go for some reasons, he... he, he, he 
didn't go. He just forsake the, his intention, whatever. The second decided to go. Who, who did the job? Who performed the will of the Father? And everyone answered the second one. You see, it's a lesson given to us by Jesus how to be obedient and to serve the Lord. And let me tell you, some people, like especially the young people, they go to a Bible school or a prophecy would be delivered to them. And like, you're going to be a mighty minister. You're going to be a mighty prophet. God's going to use you. God's going to send you and you will perform signs, wonders, and miracles. So they go to a Bible school and they finish the Bible school. They get the diploma. And immediately they think that they, they, they become a, a, a big shot, you know. And they're not interested of serving, obeying, and practicing still, you know, these activities. Like, I'm not interested of this. Don't you know I'm a prophet? I'm an evangelist. And things like that but you see we need to learn how to serve in our own house in our own lives and then we will be very well taught and and and, and uh, trained how to serve the purposes of the heavenly king amen and let me remind you something because i wanted to be very sure that this principle god is giving me is not my own understanding and i wanted for some confirmation and God said, yes, I will give you some. And he said, remember, let me see, it's a long list. Uh, let me start with, uh, with Joseph. Hey, before Joseph to start being used by God, I mean, and be appointed to be a great king and, you know, savior of the world, actually, that was his title given by Pharaoh in, in Egypt, he went through a lot of humiliation and slavery. He was a slave and let me tell you, he was faithful. He didn't say, I'm not appointed to be a slave. I got the vision that I'm going to be a king. I'm, I don't want to be involved in... No, he was faithful. He was persistent in the smallest things. And from one house to another, even in the jail, you know, he was a great person of integrity. And then he was appointed one day to become a king. And he knew how to maintain the business. And let me tell you, if you can't put your bedroom in order, how are you going to put the church in order? Yeah, simple thing. Think about this. Yeah. <laughs> a, a friend of mine told me uh, once, you know, I hate to see uh, this fish sign on the, the, the bump. You know, they, they, they put on the car. And when I look in the car, it's a total mess. <laughs> you're, not, you're not supposed to be that proud. You're a Christian when your, your car is a total mess on the inside. You, you need to clean a little bit on the inside. Uh, it's, not my, it's not my idea, you know. It was a friend of mine. I don't want to be blunt and intimidate you, okay? I'm not going to look on the parking lot for your cars, okay? <laughs> But you see, uh, how about uh, the next one? Moses. Boom. My favorite one. Moses, let me remind you, was raised in the king's palace. He was taught all the wisdom of Egypt, you know, to be a, how to be an architect, how to be a warrior, how to be a captain of the army, all kind of, you know, things. And he was very well educated. And he was very well prepared and he had this burning desire to protect and save his nation. Amen. And he went and was a good try, you know, but it didn't work. Because years later, 
the nation of Israel wouldn't boast that it was it was Moses who saved us. It was Moses because the Bible says it, it came to his heart to visit his brothers and, 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 and to bless them. But you know, it wasn't Moses. It was God who used Moses. It was God who, you know, remember the situation and his people and things like that. But talking about Moses, you know, after that, you know, failure, he killed an Egyptian. He had to flee from Egypt. And, and you know, for how many years he was so humiliated, he was so low in the backside of the desert even. He was a, <laughs> you know, a backseat, a, a slow learner, you know, like the backside of the desert. It was not even the desert, the very desert. It was the backside of the desert shepherding and, and feeding the flock of his uh, father-in-law, whatever, you know, amen, I made it. Think about this. Year after year after year, you know, he was like 40 years. He was already 40 years old and 80 years old. Then, then the Lord comes. Then the Lord comes and appears in this bush, you know, burning in fire. And he got the, you know, the vision and the appointment and everything delivered to him. And he went back. Let me tell you, he knew how to obey the Father, yeah. no matter what he would face. Yeah. What a great example. What a great example. You know, it takes a while before to kill a giant and to start serving. Because killing a giant is not your own idea. No. Healing a sickness and healing someone from cancer, it, it's killing a giant, but it's not your own idea. It is Jesus' business. It is Jesus' intention. It is Jesus' idea. And you know that we don't possess the boldness, the, the fire, the, the, the anointing, whatever it comes from Jesus. And when we learn how to serve, how to obey, fear have to, to, to flee and to leave. Yeah. Amen. And think about all these great people. I, I told you it's a long list, but I, I won't take time for everyone. How about Joshua? Do you remember that the Bible says that Joshua would be stuck with Moses and uh, uh, always found around the tabernacle? And he was a young man. I mean, he, would, he might be interested of girls. Why not? He was young. Yeah, he may fell in love or whatever, but he was stuck with the tabernacle. That was his passion, serving Moses and being always around Moses. Amen. And he became a great man. And a leader. But he went through this process of, you know, being well trained. Another one, Samuel. Boy, this was one, considered one of the greatest prophets in Israel. The Bible says no word pronounced by his lips would not fell down. Just not being fulfilled. I mean, whatever he speaks. <laughs> Imagine you a man like that. Whatever you say, man, it happens. Boom. Boom. But you know, the Bible describes him like a small boy ministering, ministering and serving in the temple to, to uh, Eli. And Eli wasn't the best, you know, man to serve, but he learned how to obey. You know, he heard from the Lord and the Lord said that Eli is, is disqualified and yet he remained faithful and around him, pouring out water, 
doing all the tasks, clean, cleaning and wiping the dirt and whatever, you know. But he learned. And then one day he became the greatest prophet in Israel. But he went through that training and process. I don't know how long it will take for, for us. But before serving the Father, you know, we need to be faithful in the small things in our own houses, in our own lives, you know, and learn and be well trained. And then, then we are prepared. Amen. Amen. And um, how about Elisha, Nehemiah, Daniel? Those all they learn how, you know, Elisha was famous last night. I preached a little bit about that. Elisha was famous not like the, 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 the man with the double portion. He was famous in Israel. That's what the Bible says. Like the man who used to pour out water on the hands of Elijah. Are you prepared for a title like that? Like uh, uh, the right hand of Pastor Cameron? <laughs> like uh, overcoming the world, being the greatest evangelist and still being famous like the right. He used to be the right hand of Pastor Cameron. <laughs> Think about this. Yeah, Elisha didn't, you know, resist it. Like, he, oh, no, 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 don't call me. Like, I, I, that was, you know, related to my past, you know. It, it was way back, you know, that forget it. No, he, he really enjoyed. He said, no problem with that. Yes, I am that guy. Amen. And think about Nehemiah. Nehemiah served the king. He was a servant. The one who was a, uh, like a... Uh, wine bearer, yeah, presenting the cup with the wine to, to the king, you know. And that's how it worked. He became one of the greatest leaders, you know, a total planner. He had to divide, to organize everything, you know. And he knew how to, 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 to serve. And Daniel also, <laughs> boy, for me, Daniel is the best because actually he, he served in, in, uh, in the presence of three kings, you know. He survived. He, they tried to, to bring him down. They accused him falsely. All kind of things like that. And it didn't work because he was so faithful. He was so full of honor and integrity that to the Lord, but to the king also. Yeah. Amen. So going back to David, first thing important, don't forget that David was anointed and a king and appointed to be the king and the successor of Saul in Israel. But he was able to obey and to serve his father and his own house. That's why he was able to listen from the Lord and be obedient to the end, to the end of his life. You know, to be very well obedient to the purposes of, of God in heaven. Amen? Praise God. Okay, that's not difficult, right? Thank you, Jesus. So, just consider the story with David on the way to the battlefield. Because, you know, when we face a challenge, usually we would be prepared. But if we unexpectedly face a challenge, uh, we tremble, we fear, and we feel like we are not very well prepared for such a task. Like, imagine six o'clock in the six o'clock in the morning. You know, you are watching the news. You are drinking coffee. You know, ready to go for your daily task. You know, and I call you on the phone. My father has died. Come and resurrect him from the dead immediately, right now. 
Are you going to be prepared for that? I mean, well, you can perform a prayer, whatever, but I'm talking about how you feel on the inside. Do you, do you carry the expectation that it's going to work, it's going to happen? Just the same confidence David had when he appeared on the battlefield. It was a total surprise what he saw. Don't forget, it was a total surprise. And my, my personal uh, kind of a, uh, you know, I'm wondering from where that, prepare, that preparedness, that readiness came out so, so eagerly. He was ready to go, to fight, to overcome, and he was so sure that it's going to work. It wasn't a result of 40 days preparation, training, you know, uh, martial arts, fasting. And, and, and prayers and reading the Bible and all. It was just his daily, regular life. And that's how we have to be prepared, you know, like Christians in our daily, regular activities and life to be ready to, to be a giant killer. Because he was a young boy. He was not even at that time he was not even at the age of 20 because no one under 20 is allowed to, to be involved in the battle. His brothers were there, but he was with the ship. Why? Because he was not even 20. And yet he was more qualified than all the, the, the whole army. Think about this. Mighty people, they had all the weapons, all the armor, the training, the age, all the qualifications. No one of them dared to face that giant. Then this young boy comes, you know, and he's so eager, he's so sure that he's going to make it. What helped him? <laughs> you know, he... On the way, I mean, think about his behavior. What, what a young boy would, would do, you know, uh, crossing the roads, forests, you know, trees, whatever. Well, for me personally, whistling with his mouth, stopping, picking up some bear, wild berries, chasing birds and butterflies, doing all kinds of stupid things, you know, doesn't make any sense. And finally, a teenager, you know, a teenager. And finally, he's, he's facing the battle, and he's seeing this giant, and he goes, boom, I'm going to go and fight. And, you know, a man once told me, well, he wasn't that, you know, childish. He already uh, killed the, the lion and the bear. Of course he did. And let me tell you, we all did it when we were young because there was no front brain, you know, working in us, but mostly adrenaline. Of course he did it, not because he was that much annoyed, because he was, you know, uh, stupid enough to go to fight with a lion and a bear. And I have did all kinds of stupid things when I was 20 years old, and, and you know, I, you don't want to hear this. Okay, but let me, let me share something. You know, my mom, because my father was in the prison, my mom, oh, not at that time, my father was not in the prison, he was working all day long. So my mom would go uh, to work, and she wanted me to keep me in the house to, to put me to, 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 to study, you know. And 
No, no, no third grade. No, no, I was fifth grade. Fifth grade. Okay, anyway. No, I, mean, I was small, yeah. And in Bulgaria, Pastor Cameron has ha ha seen, uh, we live in, 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 in blocks of apartments, you know, like they have in some cities. And uh, we were on the third floor, okay? So she locked me and she, she goes to work. Now, I want to play. So I, I, I invented the method, you know. I would go on the balcony and then I will find a way to, you know, to climb and get down the second balcony, the first balcony. I'm free. And every day she, lo she locks me and she goes to work. And then I, I climb and, and, and let me tell you, it is, boy, if you fail, it's a third, floor, third story. So uh, one day I was in, at the entrance, you know, playing with my friends. And someone said, your mother is coming. And I, I turned and I saw her and I run on the backyard, you know, and I, I, I climbed the, the, the balconies and she comes in the house and I'm just on my, you know, desk studying. And she entered the room and she said, how you did it? <laughs> you see, and from that moment, she never locked the door. Why? Because she, she knew I'm crazy. She wanted to protect me. She realized I have more adrenaline than desire to, to study. I killed my lion. I killed my bear. I found a way. I was stupid enough, you know, to do it, to make it. All kind of things. You know, we, we used to play uh, on the top of our block, you know. It, it was eight stories, like high, very like it. I, I cannot uh, use your measures, you know. Yeah, okay. So I would go with my friends and step right at the edge. And, you know, playing bold, like playing, I'm in control. And when I go back now, when I go back to, to that, you know, behavior, I go like, forgive him, Lord. You know, he, he was, he, and you see, <laughs> you see, talking about David, you know, of course he killed the lion. Of course he killed the bear. And of course it was the Lord with him. But, but you know, when you're young, you're very bold. You, you don't have that protection you know, thinking about saving yourself, you know, developed yet. Okay? But, I mean, with the giant, with the giant, is totally another story. Entirely another story because when he went to face that giant and he wanted to go and fight and ask for permission from the king, even King Saul, he said, you don't know what you're talking about. He will finish you. You're not able. You're not qualified. Why? Because this man is well trained. He's a killing machine. You know, he's, he. And, and I was like, okay. Okay, but uh, how, how, how it work? This is a secret, I mean. This is a principal thing. We can apply because this story is written on our behalf. So we may follow in the same steps and overcome our own challenges so first thing which is very important stay focused on your true spiritual identity why when David went to see the battle and he saw the giant 
and he was interested of the reward, what will follow if I kill this giant, one of his brothers, you know, attacked him and, and tried to humiliate him and tried to totally, you know, despise him and just, he was like, what are you doing here? You're not qualified to step on that platform. Go back to this small flock. You are not even, you cannot consider to be a shepherd, you know. It's just few sheep. You are nothing. You are nobody. What are you doing here? Get out of here. You don't belong to all kind of things like that. You know what the Bible says? You know what the Bible says? David turned his back to his brother and went to another person to ask. And you know, it's a principal thing. When you're ready and interested of overcoming whatever challenge, whatever situation, the enemy will attack you with shame, fear, all kind of, you know, trying to humiliate you, to bring you down. And the only thing you can do is to continue to be focused on the person you are in the spirit, on your true spiritual identity, to turn you back to the enemy and go find another scripture in the New Testament and in the Bible talking about the reward and talking about who you are. Developing, developing that true identity God has given you and being established in it. It's a great thing, you know. It did, did not happen immediately like everyone embracing him. Oh, our Savior has arrived. No, he faced such a great opposition. And it's the same with us today. But if David was able to make it, guess what? We are qualified and well able to make it also. Just try it. Just try to see. And you know who is the greatest enemy, who is the greatest opposer? It's your own mind. Usually. It's your own mind talking and trying to give you advices and trying to, to, to protect you and trying to say it's not going to work and all kind of things like that. Amen? But if you stay focused on Jesus, guess what? If Peter was considering and thinking what, how it's going to work and what will follow if I step out of the boat and all kind of things like that, it would never uh, work, you know. But he was focused on Jesus and that's why he was able to walk on the water. Stay focused on Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Hmm. Okay, first thing, stay, stay true to your, uh, stay, stay focused on your true spiritual, uh, identity. Let me share. I'm, I forgot my iPad. I'm using my, my cell phone. You know, the, praise God. All the notes are connected through the iCloud. And we are in God's iCloud, you know. <laughs> Praise God, all connected. Thank you, Jesus. Let me share a story about being focused on your true identity. Uh, being a member of the underground church with two of my brothers, you know, uh, we would go for treasure hunting, sharing the gospel, uh, prayer meetings, all kind of activities like that in the early church. And uh, one day, I would never forget that. Right at the centrum, it's a huge walking area. Right at the centrum of our city, you know, uh, three of us walking. And uh, we started hearing someone, you know, shouting, cursing, crying, and doing all kind of crazy things. And, and uh, we climbed steps, you know, 
uh, it's a little it's a little plaza when we, we, we climbed the steps we saw that man you know demoniac fully possessed plus plus being drunk and that's a bad combination a demoniac to be drunk that's not good let me tell you he was crazy we saw how he goes uh, you know, wild, and, and the, the, the crowd would split, you know, like everyone trying to get away from his way. And suddenly, this challenge, this, this challenging thought came to our mind. Are we going to step back and, and, and move away like the, the rest, or are we going to continue, you know, our walk? And there was, uh, uh, I mean, facing him was inventable. I mean, in, in, inevitable. And, 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 Suddenly, he comes right in front of us, and from like a distance like that, he starts, uh, you know, this this face, you know, and he goes like, "Who are you? Who are you? Who are you?" And and I was, praise God, I'm proud of that, you know. I was the one to answer, and he stood in front of me, and he goes, "Who are you? Who do you think you you are?" And I said, "We are Jesuses." We belong to Jesus. And suddenly, his appearance changed. And you know what he did? He, he went like... I, I was rubbing my eyes, you know. I was, I was ready to, to receive a blow, to fight, you know, whatever. You know. And he did that. Now, the city is yours. The city is yours. Amen. Amen. It worked. It worked staying focused on your true identity. And not only in situations like that. Let me tell you, when you're waiting on the stoplight and when someone is doing stupid things, driving in front of you, stay focused on your true identity. Because the Bible says God's love has been poured out into your own hearts. It's not your own love. It's not your own patience and whatever. It is still God's love abiding in you. Boy, let me tell you, it's a great lesson for me. God revealed it to me. He said, you know, you are constantly pretending, you know, you Christians constantly pretending. God is love. God is love. But guess what? This God who you call love is living and abiding in you. <laughs> Sooner or later, he has to start manifesting. Yeah manifesting <laughs> ah, amen teach us lord praise god oh thank you jesus okay the last thing i am almost ready to finish so how it worked you know first thing be be focused uh on your true spiritual identity now listen god, god gave me this understanding and this revelation why it works so well with David. Now, think about the army. Think about King Saul and all these people. Now, this giant is challenging them for, for 40 days. They're so full of fear, of, uh, uh, I don't know, they just couldn't. You know, face him. And David comes. Insecurity, amen. And David comes. And he immediately, uh, you know, re ready to go and fight. And I said, where's the secret? 
And you know where is the secret? Listen, God revealed it to me. The army and all these people with King Saul, they, they were so familiar. They were so possessed by, uh, by the qualifications and the characteristics of the giants. The Bible describes that they knew. It wasn't David. It, it was these people. They knew all about Goliath. How tall, how heavy, how many fights he had won. Uh, uh, how big is his weapon? How long? How heavy? And they were calculating. They were calculating that information and fully possessed by the qualities, the qualifications, and the characteristics of Goliath. Here, Saul, uh, King Saul knew how many fights he has won from his yacht. They were counting the fights and they said, no one can beat him because, you know, the characteristics, we are not in that category. We don't fit. Possessed by Goliath and by fear. Now David comes and you know what's the weird, ridiculous thing? He doesn't know anything about Goliath. But listen, he knows all about his God. David was not and didn't allow to be possessed by the appearance of Goliath. David protected himself and David kept himself possessed by God and all the information, you know, he has received from the Bible because definitely he was a godly man going to the chapel, local chapel every Shabbat, you know, the synagogue. Amen. Amen. He knew. He knew the circumcision, the covenant and all the, the things from the Old Testament. You cannot become a writer of you know, the biggest part of the Psalms without knowing the word. Amen? And the doctrine, I mean. It's important. It's important. And you see, when he arrived, he was possessed by God. Being a giant killer means that you are possessed not by the diagnosis, you know, of the doctors in the hospital they give you. You are not possessed by the local news. You are not possessed by TV's uh, information and newspapers and all kind of... You are not possessed by people's opinions, uh, uh, you know, paradigms and, and perceptions of the, how the things work and, and all kind of things like that. But you are fully possessed by the information your Bible is giving you about your God. And then you are ready and well qualified to meet that giant and bring him down. And that's the secret all about of David killing a giant and overcoming. Isn't that wonderful picture? Powerful lesson for us, you know. Huh? He didn't allow all these, you know... Uh, testimony about Goliath, how powerful, how, how disqualified he is to, to meet him and to, to penetrate and to enter his heart. But constantly witnessing and declaring that Goliath is nothing and staying focused on his true spiritual identity. I belong to the army of the living God. I am circumcised. I have a covenant with my father. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I think I made it. Praise God. Now we need to practice it. We need to practice this. You know, Father, thank you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for all the lessons written in the Bible on a purpose that we may believe. Thank you, Jesus, for being such a great captain of the army. The army of the living God, which is the church today. 
being well able to, 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 to defeat all the giants and possess all the promises written for us and, and laid down for uh, like our inheritance in the name of Jesus. I bless your people. I encourage them and I release a supernatural and powerful anointing from the power of the Holy Spirit so every one of them would be anointed just as David and very well prepared, like the Bible says, through the mouth of Paul for every good work. Well prepared. The men of God should be well prepared for every good work. Thank you, Jesus, that we have the weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left hand. Fullness. Fullness and completeness. God is giving you from every side, in every hand. If the enemy comes from the right side, you have a weapon to, to face him. If the enemy comes from the left side, guess what? You are well able to fight and overcome again by the weapons of righteousness. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us supernatural power to stand, to bless, to heal, to evangelize, to share the gospel, and to do the job of which every one of us is called in such a time as this, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for this great privilege to spend time sharing the gospel.